0: This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to
1: subscribe, and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. I've taken a bit of a pause, as you can tell. There's been no shows for the past several weeks, just end of school stuff and then vacation stuff and all sorts of fun stuff like that. And now we're back into the grind of it all. Um, And we are going to jump right in because I have a fabulous author who I absolutely Adore talking to and even communicating online while we're not even talking to each other about books because she's fabulous and funny and she just has the most um, amazing Instagrams and fan pages. So and Honey Parker's been here before. She was here um, when she talked about her first book, um, Carefulish, and then she came back for Daughter of Carefulish. Well, now we have the third of the series, The Bride of Carefulish. And if you don't know anything about Honey, she's been creating w- and one for another for decades advertising creating she's done screenwriting she's a comedian all these amazing books she's done previous books about business and so but this is her first foray into writing a fiction book um and, and she's dreadfully funny so she's got her instagram page her fan page links are in the write-up of the show and then you can find her on her website instagram and facebook and the newest book bride of carefulish is out now and you can get all three books which you should and welcome to the show again, honey. How are you?
0: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm good. I'm travel weary, but I'm good.
1: So you're in, um, you're traveling up way up east, like New Hampshire, Vermont, that area yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm in
0: New Hampshire right now, yeah. And okay. we just drove here from Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, which if you don't know it, most people don't, it is on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, about 50 minutes east of New Orleans. Okay, and
1: what is, what is compelling you to make this very long journey?
0: Uh, I don't sit still well. Uh-huh, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's a big part of it. that, and so you kind of understand because of where you live. The Mississippi Gulf Coast is a wonderful place, but yeah. it is hot right now. It is so hot, yeah. so it's a great time to get away. And people love going there right now, which is just shocking to me. Um, but this is when yes. people vacation there So we avoid the crowds and, and the mega heat And we'll go back when it's wonderful again
1: Yeah, the um, we call them, like in South Texas We call them uh, winter Texans Because a lot of people will come uh, Like, you know, Michigan, Missis- Michigan and, and Minnesota And, and then you know, Wisconsin and all this stuff And they'll come down here from, say, November to, you know, March And they stay along the coast And then they go back So it's kind of a flip, you know um, yeah, because they don't want to be dealing with uh, excruciatingly um, cold weather. Uh, so, yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's going to be well over 100 today in San Antonio. So, yeah, I totally oh, so understand. Nice. <laughs> yes. Oh, so nice. So nice. You know, and we did get a rainstorm, which was great because, uh, of course, the concern always is if it rains, is it going to be like
0: grossly humid after
1: or is it going to feel like clean, you know, like it, the right, and it's right. cooler. Is
0: it going to be that refreshing, um, like go outside right, right now because it's amazing or, hurry, you know, yeah. for the love of God, um, never leave the house? Right. You know,
1: just shave my head because there's no use in having <laughs> it right now on my head. Um, you know. I, I laugh at myself because I I grew up in Houston and I remember every day in high school getting up and doing hot rollers in my hair. I would get up an hour early, do hot rollers, would just meticulously roll. You know, it was the time of blue eyeshadow and Aquanut, And and um, I would do all this, and then I would walk outside and I'd have it in a ponytail by first period. I don't even know why I bothered, you know,
0: because well it I just, have I yeah, have curly hair, so yeah, there were no hot rollers for me. But, yeah. Mine was more like a wavy. I yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it just gets, my, mine just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> my hair was at its best in Park City, Utah, because it's so dry. I was like, this right. is, I should never leave this town. That's perfect. Yeah. Right here.
1: This hair. There it is. Yeah. So if I could have this hair everywhere, just take it. So as you traveled, up, you know, this amazing journey that you've gone from the Gulf Coast all the way up to New Hampshire. Um, mm-hmm. I see that you've been documenting and posting things about your books and so of your, your readers. What has been the biggest shock you've seen or something that readers have
0: said to you about um, your books? Oh, my gosh. You know, the shock you know people will assume that one of those characters is me and, right. um and so it's it's interesting how that shifts um from one book to the next where somebody's is is pretty there people are like mm you're Steph because Steph's Steph's parents a 100% are my parents that is okay. there's nothing hidden there Steph's parents are my parents and her hair is is my hair except for she always blows it dry which i don't um right but then people like in this last book um kimmy like all of a sudden a few people noticed they were like oh kimmy's like you are commitment phobic and and there you are <laughs> so so sometimes i get spotted um but but i think how much people keep saying, oh, this really quirky thing, that's me. Like, did you happen to look in my window and catch me doing that? Um, right. So, yeah. The it's, yeah, it's interesting. And most of because the quirks pe- are yeah. mine,
1: quite frankly. Right. And, I, you know, I think we write what we know. You know, I, I
0: know this. Yeah. Um, um, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, with and as I go... And I've, I've asked people for permission, but, you know, when you talk about writing what you know, if somebody will share, somebody shares something with me that I just think is hysterical. It's just like this great piece of business that just comes out of being human and this ridiculous mm-hmm. thing they did. And like in this, in this last book, um, there's a shower scene and uh, it's completely from friends of mine. And they had told me this story years ago and I thought man I would love to use that story somewhere and there was room for it in the third book and I said can I use this and they said yes (laughs) and so okay, in it goes
1: you know what's funny though is is when we're asking permission to write certain scenes that we feel like um, everybody we know is going to know who this person is or the scene is or the people Mm -hmm. that you're writing about Um, in the grand scheme of things they don't like there's 99% 99.999% nine 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 won't know. Um, but it, I always find it interesting what people think you've, what people completely like go off the deep end to fabricate. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it's it's because I worked ER for years and I would, my mom's like, so how'd your shift go? And I would kind of tell her in general, cause you know, HIPAA, you don't want to, and, and a lot of times I wouldn't remember people's names anyway. I was just like, I treated, you know, Mr. You know, having issues um, today. And so, yeah. um, but it was interesting cuz I remember a couple of times my mom looked at me and goes, "You're making that up." I'm like, "I really wish I was." <laughs> I'm like, I really, really do. You know. Um people are I have
0: Yeah. 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 Now, I have one <laughs> character that I don't think they will ever realize that a lot of it came from them. Um mm-hmm. and I'm hoping they never do. <laughs> they never do but but every everything else uh um, like this one thing in the shower scene it's so specific that yeah. you know it, it clearly was them um and it was just like this this thing that they did uh but in general characters and and some of my characters like the joy is truly based on no one just
1: mm-hmm.
0: she is a complete fabrication um yeah and and she says like everything i wish i could Um, but no.
1: I love making characters like that. It's like, man, if I was in this situation again, I would so say this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. just like typing away, like, yeah, I would. (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, and and it was, you know, you asked me what was surprising to me about the books. And this, this was kind of surprising, you know, because you're so close to something that you're writing and you're creating that you don't necessarily see certain things that other people see. And that is that the joy is, and that's for anybody who hasn't read the book, she uses the article with her name. She doesn't call herself joy. She calls herself the joy, which Mm -hmm. lets you know a little bit what kind of crazy she is. Um, But people have said to me, she, she is the center of the group. You know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's the one, she's the leader. And I had, I really honestly hadn't thought about her that way. But when people said that, I realized, oh, yeah, she she is holding this whole narrative ship together. Right, right.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, you're right. We do get invested, I think, sometimes tunnel vision on certain characters. And um, mm-hmm. have you had people come to you and say, are you going to write a book about so-and-so now? Like a character that's just that needs their own storyline, like, like shoot-off?
0: Yeah. Um, and I had really, and I, at some point I may get to it, I kind of had this idea for Benji um, on this side trip, and I actually planted a small seed for it in the second book in case I decided to do it. You know, sure. you then go, oh, my gosh, that – Okay, that's why that happened. That was never mm-hmm. explained. Um, right, right. But then I've, I've had people say, and this is this is kind of nutty to me, and I find it interesting. Like, would I ever write a book that is just the parents? Right. Because the parents are so involved. You know, the characters are in their twenties, and not that our parents are our parents have less you know, meaning in our lives as we get older. Um, But maybe you start to understand the dynamics more, but parents are so strong in our world. You know, those seeds Mm -hmm. that they've planted are just kind of with us. And these people like their relationships with their parents come and go throughout the books. And uh, like in this last one, uh, Kimmy's parents hold a lot of sway on, on her. Uh, and people have have asked if I would just write a book that is the parents' point of view of this whole yeah. m- craziness.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the different points of view you definitely can get kind of a, a well-rounded. But again, it's it's how deep do you want to go? How much do you want to give readers or let them kind of create their own, you know, dialogue with all of it? Um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think it depends yeah. on how well the, the characters are talking to you.
0: I yeah, and I do like I think, you know, as I've as I've written the books and we've got I'll say six main characters, but it's kind of expanded as as the mm-hmm. series has gone on because we've got significant others now in in the game. Uh and I don't I try not to lay everything out. Um I try to let some things happen kind of like off screen if you will um so people can fill those in right um yeah you know i, I don't like to just put a hundred percent everything out there you know i i remember i think my my husband had told me this in in the movie the fugitive um right before um Harrison Ford jumps off of, jumps into the water, off of the dam. Right, uh, right. And and there was originally a long scene written there. Uh, you know, where Harrison Ford is saying, you know, I didn't kill my wife. And then they originally had Tommy Lee Jones go through this whole speech to him. Uh-huh. And they got rid of it. And they finally they changed it to just Tommy Lee Jones saying, When after Harrison Ford says I didn't kill my wife, Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's not why he's there. Yeah, and, that's the the crest of
1: it is, um, I don't it doesn't matter. I have to take you in. That's
0: Yeah. It. So all these other words were there in his mind but mm-hmm. he didn't say them all. And right. I kinda love that.
1: Yeah, there was a it's fun to see those kind of movie, you know, backstories. Um there there was one I I mm-hmm. it's circulating for years about um Indiana Jones where uh the scene where he comes in the crowd and it splits and there's a the big guy with the sword and um yes. he you know, apparently the guy with the sword had practiced for weeks for the scene and it uh, was like it was this whole drawn out thing and Harrison Ford apparently as the story goes was sick. He was just like I'm not feeling it today, and he said, "Indy would just shoot him. He like wouldn't even try <laughs> to be." Just, so he just walks up and he just improvises and shoots the guy, you know, the character. And then we like, "Oh, well, that works." And that was it, you know. I just thought, well, poor for the guy with the sword, you know. <laughs>
0: but, but it became it made such a better an it made a better theme. choice. Yeah. It is. Oh yeah, it really is way better. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, for anybody
1: who's catching up with us, so Honey wrote this book during quarantine and Carefulish is the first one and it meets, it's six friends in their twenties, they're dealing with COVID, they're quarantined in New York and they're trying to keep some sort of a semblance of normalcy and sanity and everything else and, and of course as we all did during lockdown, we're all kind of reevaluating how things should go maybe we should try these different things maybe we should change and i love the fact that in the second book daughter of careful you like and what have we learned nothing <laughs> 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 so i mean human yeah, nature well, is what
0: it is right <laughs> you know and i think that ultimately these books are a just a drawn out study in human nature and, sure. and I love human nature and I love, you know, when I just said less is more as far as dialogue, but I love dialogue. I love what people say versus what they mean. Um, mm-hmm. I love speech patterns. But, yeah, human behavior, you know, in the first book, my, I kept thinking, you know, what was going on with all of them in the middle of, so the pandemic is new and they're all kind of locked in because they're in New York City. So that was really locked down. You know those people that yeah. leave their apartment. Um, it was what is my purpose, and because I was just hearing that from so many people, like like what's my purpose now that I'm stuck in the yeah. house? And then with daughter, you know, as we all kind of got used to it, uh, it it went kind of beyond themselves, and it was it was a little more about what do I owe others? And in daughter, somebody has to. Um, deal with a parent who had an injury and going to deal with them. And, and so part of that one is set in Florida. So that is, what did we learn? Nothing. Cause I had friends in Florida and I was seeing what they were doing. I'm like, you people are crazy. I'm like you yeah. people are just nuts. Uh, mm. And then with bride, when we're, so, you know, we've had this for so long now, what feels like so long and we're starting to kind of find our equilibrium it was like okay well how do we move forward now right and so that's like what i was thinking in the changes of the books but they're all you know (laughs) a lot of them learn nothing right
1: yeah and you know it's interesting because my it hit and then um you know the first really big lockdown was right near spring break so then the kids did with a joke was no don't send them for spring break this year cuz they never went back last year um and so uh <laughs> they you know you know the <laughs> summer was 5 months long um which you know the kids were ecstatic about uh, and my kids got very used to going to class in pajamas um but it's it was one of those things so by the time the next year rolled around you know and vaccines are out and we're we're seeing decreases and everything and we've gotten our shot. Yeah. Our, our kids decided we'd like to go back and they would wear masks and everything. But our oldest was a senior and now she's her last nine weeks of high school. And she's like, Meh, you know, and she had dealt with it fine. Um, it was yeah. kind of a prep for college. Like you have to be self-motivating at this point. Um, so when we got to graduation, it was like a full blown graduation. Like it was, down at the convention center and you could wear masks, not wear masks, whatever. And I'm just looking around going, guys, we're not out of this yet. You know? Um, yeah. So it, yeah. And, and all has been okay for us. We've, we've been extremely lucky cause we've done what we needed to do, but yeah, I just, it's amazing how, and you've seen it too. People will be super smart with this and super dumb with this. Like
0: there's well, no rhyme or reason you for know, it. Initially, that's why I came up with the, the title Careful-ish, because the ish was because we all rationalize everything we do. And, of course. You know, I I did COVID at the base of a ski resort in Utah, which, is, which was a nutty place to do it, but kind of wonderful because <laughs> we had all of this outdoor available to us, you know, and I hiked through COVID and I skied through COVID, and... And my friends in New York City, I had a friend who didn't leave her apartment for 87 days. Wow. And and my friends in L.A. were, were really, really locked down. But then again, you know, my friends in Florida, they, they would say, oh, we're, we're being so careful. And then you'd see pictures of them at restaurants and this and that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, careful clearly means something different to you. But I'm sure my friends in L.A. saw me skiing and thought I was like – that nuts loco out of my mind, you know. Like, how could you yeah. do that? But to yeah. me, I was be- I was being careful, um, and I justified. Right. Being-
1: but you weren't near anybody. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I'm far away from people, and I'm not. You know, it, it's well, it's all this you know, idea if it's all or nothing. It's like it doesn't mean you can't go outside. Just don't go sit in a crowd of a hundred people.
0: I remember walking up Main Street in Park City um, because I had to drop my books off at the bookstore, the, you know, a physical bookstore, which is nuts. And um, walking up Main Street, I realized how isolated I had been because I felt, it felt like this dystopian novel, like, like I'm smelling restaurant, like people cooking in a restaurant. That's, that's crazy. And people yeah. at a bar, and, like, I, we had just avoided all that. We had our little six-pack of friends that we were together in the very beginning. And I remember one of uh, the women saying, you know, do you think this is really going to be a thing? Is this going to last? And these were the six people we were with, and we just stayed with them. Um, mm-hmm. So that was our social. And it was so strange to be with other people or, or that close a proximity to so many people.
1: Yeah. And it's hard because people are social. I mean you know, the joke was, Oh, gay, all the introverts are so happy right now. But I mean, it was it was right. one of those things where, um, after a while, I mean, you wanna be social. You have gotta talk to somebody.
0: Um We yeah. did that, and that's hard. We did that like standing Zoom call thing, um, uh, with with mm-hmm. our friends here in New Hampshire who we're who we're with right now. Uh, and we had every Tuesday night, uh, for for years. We we did this. And and she was actually the one who originally suggested. She was like, "You should you should write a a sitcom about this," and that's how careful it started. Right. Um, Isn't it but funny yeah, how just
1: that just, little trigger sometimes just like you know you're right I should you know I should do that.
0: Um, and well,
1: for and, that and first, I, I, re- I remember it. talking to you. So why not? Right? Why, why not? Yeah. I remember talking to you about the first book, and. It didn't, like, you sat down and just really, I mean, punched out the words. You you had a, a oh, yeah. kind of a, a pretty good plan in your head. And how many days did it take you to write the first one? Six
0: do you weeks. remember? Okay. Six, it took six okay. weeks for the first pass. Okay. And then did you have plans for
1: three, or did you just say, let me see um, if I can do this one first?
0: Well, my My husband was the one who suggested that I should write a novel because i I wrote the the pilot for for the sitcom uh, n- knowing full well that likely nothing would ever happen to it, and he said, "Well, sure. you know if you write it as a book, it'll exist in space and I thought that sounds good exactly uh so about three chapters in he said, and it has to be a trilogy <laughs> I was like, what's that Because oh, you your that. third book sells yeah. your first book and I just, you know, it was the beginning of COVID and we were all locked in and, um, and I was happy when I was writing and I just didn't yeah. question it. So in my mind, I started to structure because I had already known where I wanted the first book to end. I knew exactly right. how I wanted the first book to end. And so I started thinking, well, what are the other points that I would want to make and what's, what is their journey and how would I kind of chunk it out? into two more sections. Uh, So that's, that was, that was it. Um, And I knew that in the second book, I would want somebody to leave town so we could experience some of the rest of the world. And and I knew, I knew how the third one had to end too. Um, But there was a ton of stuff in the middle that was just like utter surprise. Yeah, like I, characters I did, not did stuff,
1: right, like uh, characters start doing stuff, you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, this might work,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly, uh, that happened in the very first book, and it was, it was Kimmy and the Joy, and, and, and I thought, well, this would just be, you guys just look like you're running towards this huge mistake, and I thought, you know what, it's them, I will let them run, and they will clean yeah. it up, they will clean up the right. mess. Right. Um, Yeah. So, you know, is that balance of planned not planned? That's, I mean, that's what's so
1: fun about writing and and anybody who's not really a writer in the sense of having sat down and fought with these imaginary people um, in your head. It's really is a a journey because they're going to throw something sideways at you. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing. Um, And that's why it's important to have, writer friends, because you don't have someone looking at you saying, do I need to call somebody for you that you're fighting with imaginary people? Um, yeah. Your writer friends just like, oh, yeah, I had this one time. I mean, it just like makes sense. So I, mm-hmm. I with careful you have people that are they're kind of thrown together, but then they kind of get each other. So it's that comfort, that cocoon
0: that we all kind yeah. of strive for as adults. Well, it's that it, I think it's it's that kind of like turning your friends into family thing that yes. that a lot of us do, particularly if you move, you know, and you go to a, a new place and and you start pulling these friends and you know your close friends become your family and and these are these are all people that knew each other in high school, even if they weren't all really really close. So then mm-hmm. when they rediscovered themselves in New York. That's what they did. They kind of became each other's family. So, so the really awful behavior and the stupid things you do, you know, well in the beginning you piss your family off. Eventually they forgive you because it's family, and you know, you get right. past it. Right.
1: We, uh, my husband and I, and the kids took a big trip to New York a couple, of few weeks ago, and um, it we, <laughs> okay. So here's anybody who goes to New York. If you are plotting out your your walking distance. To something make sure that it's on walking because I thought it was a 20-minute walk from our hotel I thought it was a 20-minute walk from our hotel to the American history you know National History Museum and Uh after 20 minutes we're not even to Central Park I know something's very wrong and um, it's not it's not cool but it's not terribly hot and I'm thinking what is going on? And um, yeah, I had it on drive, like if we had taken a car. So um, it was more like <laughs> an hour. Um, uh, but I will say that we got our steps in that day, and we saw a lot of New York. So um, it really kind of depends on how you want to play it. But so just let just make right, sure that you're right. on
0: walking. Yes, it was. And how? Wait, I'm, and we I'm and we, so we curious cause, yeah, yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I mean, ask it was... What, what was the scene like in New York? Were people mixing mingling, all that?
1: It was good. Um, any, We went to some shows. Masks were mandated. Everybody wore them. I didn't hear anybody complaining about it. Um, when we were in the History Museum, people had to wear masks. Anytime um, it was an inside thing, you had to wear a mask. And I didn't see anybody complaining. I'm, I'm sure there were. Um, but, um, no, I didn't see anybody griping about it. Um, and then it was just – it was actually quite pleasant. I mean, it was busy. There's a lot of people. Um, you know, there's times – <laughs> I had no idea. We were trying to do the double-decker bus, you know, the hop-on-and-off hop bus. You had to catch it at the M&M store, which my kids were absolutely thrilled by. And then we, <laughs> we finally get on the bus. And we're trying to get to the 9-11 Museum because we've gone to Empire State Building in the morning. I'm like, we'll take the double-decker bus and then we'll go to the 9-11, right? And it's just, there's, it's just parking. It's just a parking lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out what's going on. Well, I didn't realize that there were two major parades going on that day. So one was for yeah. Romania and Romanian immigrants and one was for Puerto Rico. And so needless to say there was a lot of traffic. So we saw a lot of, like, the east side of New York, like Manhattan, um, at a very slow yeah. pace. Uh, but it was cool, you know, because it's like, yeah, and on your left you can see, you know, the yeah. you know, 7,500 square foot Harry Potter parade. store. Oh, yeah. 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 And, I mean, it was just fun. I mean, it, it it was one of those things where it's like, well, we'll get there, it'll be fine and all good and, you know, it's a, it's a vacation. We just just relax. It's not going anywhere. So See, you're clearly um, not but no, from New York. A New
0: Yorker would not have, have just, a New Yorker would not have just like kind of rolled with it like that. New no, I, and I get totally that part.
1: Yeah, just furious. But I mean, we could have ju- we could have hopped on the Metro, you know, but I mm-hmm. mean, we'd pay for the stupid bus thing and by God, we were using it. So, um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just, one of those moments I'm like no we're gonna see New York this way Um, (laughs) oh
0: yeah Uh, I've made this thinking I'm gonna see it through that's right nobody
1: tell me anything (laughs) different Um, we did stay at a lovely little uh, it was a boutique hotel called Luma and um, it was Uh right near Bryant Park but uh-huh. if you get, so if anybody goes to New York, it's right off of 42nd and, was it 41st? And the Bryant Park, right there. But if you get a room that's in the front of the hotel, you could literally sit in your room on New Year's Eve and watch the ball drop and never go to, no, never go to Times Square. Like, you would see all of it. So, you know, that's my plug for that.
0: I, I never, when I was a kid, I thought Times Square would be the coolest thing for New Year's. And then when you. Grow up and you realize what is involved in New Year's yes. Times Square, which could not go in the book because it is like so not social distancing. But those yeah. you're like in a pen. You're literally yeah. like in a pen for hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Like right. my first and, and thought and is even, bathroom. Yeah. It's always bathroom.
1: How do you go to the bathroom? Where do you go? And you know, there's there's like eight Starbucks, and I'm not kidding. Anybody who's not been to Times Square, literally like eight Starbucks in a like a, within a block radius around Times Square. Um, so I can't imagine how filled those bathrooms are and how many times people buy coffee or snacks um, if they do. But, I mean, it was it was busy enough. Um, but yeah. one of the funniest things was my husband, is he's a little bit more on the conservative side, but he was kind of looking forward to seeing New York because we had family come through Ellis Island and the whole thing. And um, so I was, you know, convincing him of all this. And we get to Times Square, we'd been there like, 15 minutes we had dropped our stuff off at the hotel room wasn't ready we're going to go eat and we walk out we go to times square and there's these two women wearing and i'm not kidding and you're like yeah no um they're wearing nothing but thongs and they've body painted the rest of their bodies they've got these like feathered hats on like you'd see in a vegas showgirl and they're walking around getting people to take pictures with them and of course paying them for it and i'm just thinking yeah of course you know like this is the first thing we'd see when we'd walk up yeah. with all of our kids, and it's funny because the kids were like, oh, "Okay," and just like whatever, you know, um, right? Which I felt like was good parenting on our part. <laughs> there you go. Look, she has boobies right. like I think you everybody guys are else. The
0: best <laughs> yes,
1: yes. So I have to ask. I, there was a comedian I cannot remember his name, but he talks about New Hampshire and how like. Everything's legal, so um, uh-huh. you know fireworks, smoking, you know bottle rockets, right. lock, rocket launchers, everything. So, Good have you done. seen evidence of all this in, in New Hampshire since
0: you've been there? Well, you know, we we just got here uh, last night in time for dinner, and mm-hmm. before we got here, our friends did say they're like, "Okay, what do we want to do for uh, Fourth of July? Because we could buy fireworks, set them off in the yard." And right. And to yet, I just came from the great state of Mississippi, where hey. everything is okay, like my my brother and his sister and their son just visited, and their son is seventeen and he's six two and he had never been in a bar, and mm-hmm. not that I wanted to get him a drink. But I was like, if you want to go, we could go right into this bar right here, and you can walk in and you can say you've been in the bar. And they're like, yeah, but it says on the door, twenty-one or older. And I said, it's Mississippi. Yeah. Like and yeah. no one, no, no one carting, no one caring. You know, we mm-hmm. walked in. Like I said, didn't try to get him a drink or anything. That would that would have been a flag. Um, right. But yeah, not a problem. And. And before we left, all the fireworks tents were being put up, you know, for places to buy fireworks, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. right off the main drag. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of used to that. Um, Now, here in New Hampshire, we shall see. I mean, I never want to, I never personally want to set off a firework because I was raised to believe that everything is just going to go horribly wrong. And right lead to this like domino effect of tragedy. And so there's no way that I would ever set off a firework. Yeah,
1: because we'll see how it plays here. Someone will die. We've had we need we needed a lot of rain and we've got we've had it's pretty dry. So we'll see how it goes. There's, there's always a push, though, to, you know, please don't set off fireworks in the neighborhoods. Please go out of the city limits to set off your fireworks because we have a lot of veterans you know, in San Antonio, um, and uh, PTSD and such, and of course the dogs sure. and animals. Um, but it never fails. Someone's setting off fireworks till 3 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, quite honestly. Um, yeah. Somebody's doing it. And the police are so inundated with calls. They just can't do anything about them all. Um, so it's just it's, it's one of those things where sometimes I wish I just had a fire hose, you know, and I could just go around and yeah. blast people with you know it's midnight you're in the neighborhood that's enough you know um but considering now the you, gun laws you in Texas, joke. I, I you know wouldn't be good
0: <laughs> so when we were for a while for a long while we were on a we lived on a mountaintop in Utah and mm-hmm. there was a lot of there was a lot of great things about it, but there was definitely some bad behavior that would be on display. And mm-hmm. we had friends that suggested that we all get like paintball guns and we each pick a different color. So and you just tag people that are displaying horrible behavior, whatever it was. And right. and so people would see, Oh, red paintball, the honey and blank got them. The Parker's Parker's mm-hmm. nailed them. <laughs> like, so we could claim <laughs> we can claim our hit. I like that idea. I
1: I like that idea a lot. I think it should happen. Um, And I think it should go in a book. So so tuck that story away for sure. Maybe somebody comes in uh, (sighs) covered in paintball paint. That would be a good thing. They'll know who it was. I don't know what that's going to go into. I don't know. So, I mean, are you going to write more? Are you going to write another series? What are you going to do?
0: Well, I'm actually uh, probably just over halfway through – writing the first book of a new series. Um, Yay! <laughs> I, I'm i not sure if I'm going to go back to Careful-ish. I had, I had threatened to write, like, a prequel of them all right. in high school. But right oh. now, yeah, I've, there's a series that has kind of been on the back burner for a long time. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm chugging along, and I'm hoping that maybe the first book will be out In the fall, like maybe in October, October, November. Okay.
1: And and you go indie with this, which means for anybody that's wondering what that means, that means you self-pub. So you hire the cover artist, the editor, you do all of that. I am the cover artist. Right, right. I I was an art director
0: in a former life, so the covers are there. um, You go. Sweet. So I mean, but is it? Is this the route that you had always planned to
1: take, or was it just one of those things where I want to get this out as fast as possible? I know this is the best way to do
0: this. Well, I, you know, so I didn't have a grand plan. I, what I did have, uh, have is a friend who's in publishing, and when mm-hmm. I first started writing Careful-ish, I reached out to him, and not to say, you know, do me a favor, but just what do you suggest? Uh, right. This is what's going on. This is, and I, I sent him uh, the sitcom. So he would know basic, you know, the tenor of what I was doing. And, mm-hmm. and he said, you need to self publish this. And I said, why? And he said, because this needs to come out this fall. So this, you know, I started writing that in, so COVID lockdown was March. I think by May I was writing. Mm-hmm. And okay. he said, this needs to come out this fall because it's so topical. And, to get a publisher, the time of getting a publisher, and then the time it takes a publisher to put a book out, which is like at least a year. He said, you know, it's never going to work. So you need to self-publish. So I think with this next series, so the next series is a vampire series. Uh, It is my my style of vampire series, so there is a fair amount of sarcasm. through the whole thing yay um <laughs> yeah yay sarcasm it's, it's all i got it's, it's, it's all i know you know what um, humor
1: is what's gotten us through all this i mean i just want to say again that i've told you that before is the
0: truth.
1: thank you for writing something that we can all just escape with and sit back and just laugh until it hurts because it's necessary when things seem really dark yeah. So thank you for putting those stories down, because we all need it. Well,
0: you're welcome, and thank you, thank you for for helping me share them. I I so appreciate it. Um, Anytime. <laughs> yeah. The the vampire series. Um, I may try to tap a publisher on that because it's it's much more of a very very specific genre that there there is definitely an audience for, and mm-hmm. I'm not quite ready to say what my real big twist on my on the take on vampire stories is not right. ready to let that one out of the bag yet, but, um, yeah, I'm, I may talk to a publisher on that one. It's, it, I will say it is a lot of work to self publish. I mean, as soon as you decide that you're going to write, I don't think a lot of people realize, and I really didn't stop to think about it. What you have done is you have started a small business. Yes. Because yes, there have. are so many components to it um it's not just the if it was just the writing of the books, how glorious would that be but oh for sure you've got you know there's there's promotion there's like you were talking about the the cover art there's just there's just so much stuff um, there's a ton of balls in the air and it would it would be nice to have someone help with some of the heavy lifting oh, for sure.
1: Well, and, and again, even with a book publisher, um, there, it's limited about what they do publishing-wise. Now, of course, they can get your yes. book into different stores um, in front of different people, but, I mean, ultimately, once that release happens, um, and you know this, but it's saying more for the people listening, is it's up to you to pick it up from there and keep going. You've got to keep yeah. selling the book. Um, and yeah, it's the when, yeah, when was... process.
0: When I was doing stand up um and so I was on my own and then I had a manager and it was great to have a manager but at the end of the day if you wanted to get on a stage you had to get your butt on that stage. You know, right. the, the manager got me tours and this and that and and so things that I wouldn't have had but you got to do it. You you have to be your advocate. Mhm. Mhm.
1: So, yeah, you got to do the the hard work and sometimes that's the scariest part.
0: Yeah, like unless Oprah taps you on the shoulder, it's 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 a lot of work. Right.
1: Right, and even then, like, you know, it's it's still going to happen. It she may catapult you ahead of a lot of people, but um you still got to put in the work, you know, cuz she certainly didn't oh, yeah. get there by just hanging out and eating bonbons, you know. That's just not how it No, happens.
0: no. <laughs> And even just the the writing of the book, you know, like once you do your first pass, I mean, I typically then do, like maybe another five passes on the book, because right. I'm such a fast writer. That's it helps me keep track of everything, um, and I don't really self edit too much as I go, uh, mm-hmm. but then I will do like five passes, um, and then I hand it to an editor for a pass, and then I hand it to a proofreader for pass, and then I do another, but, you know, it just it's. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I and the like more eyes on I, it, the better. I think, oh yeah, it has to be. I've had uh friends say to me, "Oh, you know what? I found a typo in your book. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to tell you this. I'm like, no, tell me. Like, I want to know because I want right. to fix it.
1: And you have that ability as a self-pub too. You can go in and fix that. um That's another exactly. thing that happens. Yeah. So I'm I mean, just but there's about a, there's... to go in with yeah, there's good, there's there's pros and cons to however you do it. But the whole point is write the story. Just start writing if you have to, you know, but if you got that story to tell,
0: write it down, tell the story. Best advice my husband ever gave me, and I I say this to myself almost every day that I write, is write happy. And yes. Be, otherwise you're forcing it. And... You know, I, I think that's really how I got through the heavy part of lockdown of the pandemic was I was writing okay. Happy. So I was happy. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you it, go it to it that It could sound spot. like frivolous, yeah. but, I mean, you've got to <laughs> kind of work at it Happy. It doesn't, it doesn't just occur. That's true. That's true. You have you know, to you put cultivate. yourself in those positions.
1: Sure. Thank you yeah. so much for being here today. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you back. Yes. And so for everybody who's listening, we've been talking to Honey Parker. She's got three books out now. The third book has hit. Uh, we've got Carefulish, Daughter of Carefulish, and Bride of Carefulish. The links to buy the books are in the write up of the show, as well as her Instagram page, her fan page, her website, so you can get the newsletter, see what she's doing and where she's being interviewed, like the cool guys out of Australia that interviewed you not too long ago. <laughs> okay. And and So y'all should take note and make sure to uh, grab that book. And please come back uh, any time. And then I really want to hear about your vampire gig when it gets rolling. You got it. All right, my dear. This has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. And big, big congratulations to very soon to be Justice Johnson, who's about to hit SCOTUS. And please tell me I said the correct last name, because I always say either Jackson or it's Johnson, right? It's, she's about to get sworn in, like in 15 minutes um, to the Supreme Court here. So um, I'm very excited for change. So we but everybody in the meantime keep on reading, stay safe and pick up that book. Stay carefulish everyone.
0: This show brought to you by Circle of 7 Productions.
1: www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe
0: and welcome to our circle.